Live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. I like it. I like it. Three o'clock hour. Feels like I should yell again, but I won't. Maybe I'll do it for the 4 o'clock hour. We usually get real fired up here at the start of the show, but the uh, show started at 2 o'clock today. We're going from here until 5 o'clock. Then uh, Rebel fo- – I must have said run Rebel football. Rebel <laughs> tackling football. Rebels. I don't – I Hustling yeah, Rebels, getting, tackling Rebels. we got Lady Rebels playing Swimming tonight. Swimming Rebels. Yeah, right? Uh, Curtis Terry is the voice you hear. We're down here at Treasure Island. Do you have any uh, trouble getting here? No. Okay. Mm-mm. I have a feeling the storm is coming. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I didn't. And I'm actually kind of glad that we're on the road next week to doing a basketball. I mean, it's, it's F1's going to be great and all, but everybody I heard around town is going to avoid it. But all the people from out of town are so excited to come, and I'm excited that we're going to be leaving. You are. I think the team is flying to California for the Pepperdine game and then not coming back, just Mm-mm. straight to Florida. Yeah, we get two. Right, so we go to, go to Pepperdine on Malibu on Thursday, play Friday, uh, spend the night in Malibu, and then Saturday we head to Daytona Beach. You could be in worse places than Malibu and Daytona. For sure. I've been in worse places than Malibu and Daytona. <laughs> Although you just professed your undying love for Laramie I'm, a couple I'm, minutes ago. No, I, all my people in Laramie, Wyoming, I don't, which I don't have any, but um, I'm definitely choosing Malibu over Laramie. Uh, we are going to talk a little NBA here in just a second. Hook up with Grant Mona. We all good to go? Grant Mona from the Sporting Tribune is up with us here on that Friday, getting into the Lakers and Clippers. How are you, sir? Doing well, guys. Uh, I hear somebody has some a trip to Pepperdine, to Malibu. I mean, hey, that that's that's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Have you been there? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I actually, I I played in the the Western Co- uh, Coast Conference, so they were in our conference, so we played them a few times for baseball. Wait a second. So I've, Wait a second. I've been over there. Have you played baseball in the West Coast Conference? I sure did. Yes, uh, University of the Pacific. So I, I'm pretty familiar right? with Pepperdine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's kind of sort of a glamorous campus, right? Oh, just oh yeah. Bit. Just a little bit. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, Great views of the Pacific. Uh, I had a friend in town, his son, uh, who was a really good high school basketball player, decided he wasn't going to play anymore. And I think his last two choices just to go to school were San Diego and Pepperdine. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, life is good. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> Lucky choice. Lucky guy. All right, well, let's uh, – where do you want to start, Curtis? You want to get into the Clippers or Lakers? Oh, boy. <sighs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That it's a, that that it actually I don't know. is a I don't question. Know which, I think I know which one's more entertaining. Go ahead, uh, Clippers. Okay, I think that yeah. I don't. Ah, well, I mean, after they go to New York and things kind of James Harden is passing up shots, um, turning the ball over. I mean, what's what's the vibe in, in California, LA right now on on what's going on with with this, this super team of the, of the four of these guys that are that are trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, I'll tell you what, guys. I, you know, I came on here a few weeks ago, whenever it was, and I said that everything is is great in SoCal, everything's great in LA, but now it seems like everything's soured with both the Clippers and Lakers. So mm-hmm. the Clippers, I mean, they are in offensive dysfunction right now. I mean, they can't find anything going. They have an 85 offensive rating, which is by far the worst since they've gotten James Harden, and it's it's kind of crazy because I mentioned this uh, in the last show is that Robert Covington and Nico Batum were kind of big losses. And those two guys are playing very well for Philadelphia right now. So Clipper fans, I don't think they're tearing their hair out yet. Obviously, it looks a little bit bad right now, but there's still a lot of season left. This is the second game so far. They've only played two games in the Harden era, I guess you could say. So it is a little bit concerning seeing the fit and seeing how guys work right now because they're still thin at the wing depth. They don't have a backup center now with 
Mason Plumlee going down, but you know, Kawhi and Paul George, I think they're the two that got to figure it out because it looks like James Harden and Russell Westbrook, it looks like they're doing okay. They're kind of, because they played together. We, we already know that they played in Houston in 2019-2020. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they've never been a part of a team this stacked in terms of star talent before, so they're still trying to find their footing, and it just seems like this is a team that is just thrown together, which it really is. I mean, there's no continu- continuity. There's no chemistry right now. Um, on the defensive end, they're okay. On the offensive end, it, they just look like they're just playing playground basketball. And that's not really a good sign because you're you're going to have to rack up wins here. They played the Dallas Mavericks tonight. They played, you know, Brooklyn and, and the Knicks. Um, nothing is easy in the NBA, guys. And, and I think that right now they just have to rack up as many wins as possible and, and get things going immediately. You can't really take that much time. And looking, and looking at this, I mean, Paul George. No, 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 I'm sorry, Kawhi Leonard. No, it was Paul George. I'm sorry. Paul George is 2 of 11 in the game against the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard, 8 of 16. Um, I mean, Westbrook and Harden, they didn't shoot the ball. Well, they turned it over, but that's expected when those guys mm-hmm. are high-volume um, ball handlers. But is it is it the stagnant of the offense of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard not having the ball? Or what is going to be the disconnect and how they're going to make this thing work? Because right now, offensively, I think that's going to be the issue. But we know Westbrook passes the ball. He's a distributor. And... James Harden led the league in assists last year. So it, what is it going to take for these two, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, to make it work with two guys that like to pass the ball but like to have the ball as well? I just think it has to be a hierarchy. Like right now there's there's no flow. It's kind of just like, hey, you take a turn on offense, you take a shot, you take a shot. It's not really like, hey, Kawhi is still the main guy. He's still the number one option. He should be. He's literally one of the best players in, on the planet when he's healthy. So when you get a guy like that and he doesn't get targets, he doesn't get touches, he, he can't get into a flow offensively, that ruins the rhythm of everybody else because Kawhi Leonard should be getting the ball every single possession. I know Paul George has had a great start to the year. I know Harden's a great scorer. I know Russell Westbrook has shown to be good in flashes this year, but Kawhi Leonard is still the guy. So if you're not getting him the looks, he's going to be disconnected on offense. And that's what we're seeing in these first two games is that everyone's not really getting the looks that they deserve, that they should get. And it just, it's just, just disjointed. I mean, Ivica Zubac has been taken out of his flow as well. He doesn't really look the same uh, defensively. He doesn't even look the same. And that has nothing to do with the Harden trade, but there's just a lot of pieces that right now they're just flying everywhere and they don't really fit. It's like a puzzle that where all the pieces are just scattered all over the table and you're just piecing it one by one. Oh, there's a piece there. We can fit it in here. And, you know, there's really nothing cohesive right now. And it will get better, but I think it starts with getting Kawhi the touches and the targets and getting the ball to him in the spots that he wants because he's still the number one option for this team with regardless how many stars you have on the team. And obviously, I mean, everybody going into this trade when they made it, everybody knew that Ty Lue was going to have his work cut out for him to be able to put this together as, as the coach and, and to make it work. Now, call me crazy, but would it make sense to not maybe only put James Harden or Westbrook, bring them off the bench, or maybe bring both of them off the bench? But do you have enough contributing pieces, role players, to make that work where you can almost kind of go in two waves and alternate your two, your, your two superstars for two other superstars? The guy that's going to be delegated to the bench is probably Russell Westbrook, and I hate to say it because he's been so good for the Clippers after the Lakers, you know, whatever you want to call it, that era that he was with the Lakers because Laker fans hate it. Uh, but I think that the ideal lineup for the Clippers is James Harden at the point, Terrence Mann and Norm Powell at the two, Paul George at the three, Kawhi at the four, and Ibiza Zubats at the five, and then you can run a bench unit of Russell Westbrook, Bones Highland, 
um, either Norm Powell or Terrence Mann, and then you can throw P.J. Tucker in there with Plumley when he gets back in a couple months. Um, I know they're probably going to sign a center in that time, so maybe you can insert him into there. But I think that just gives them the best flow offensively. And for a team that coming out of the gates was excellent offensively, they're blowing teams out. And granted, it was bad teams, but they're still scoring at the top of the league in offensive rating. They need to get something going here because you're playing, like I said, you're playing the Mavericks tonight, and then you have a gauntlet coming up. You're not going to play anybody that you could just roll over and say, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll bag it in today. We'll, we'll just play tomorrow. Every team in the NBA is uber-talented now. We just saw the Rockets beat the Lakers by 30-plus. So every team you have to take serious, or else you're going to find yourself in a hole early in the season, and that's not what you want in a, in a league that's as talented as it is. Curtis Terry's here. It's Cofield, Grant Mona, who covers uh, the NBA for the Sporting Tribune at Sporting Trib, is on the horn with us. All right. Let's get to the Lakers. Uh, the vibe on the show during the week was, wow, it kind of looks like last year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they had success last year in the end. I don't care that everyone was beat up in the Western Conference. They made a run. Uh, what do you think about what's going on right now with the Lakers? Uh, there's injuries, guys. And it's not, it is not. It is the injuries, but it's not just the injuries. Uh, they've had you know lineups without Rui Hachimura. Anthony Davis was out the last game against the Rockets. Jackson Hayes was out against the Rockets. Um they're making LeBron carry the load again. He's playing over 35 minutes a game now, kind of back to his averages, which is kind of what they didn't want, what Darvin Ham didn't want this year. But, hey, he has to. When LeBron's on the court, they're a better team. I think there's a stat. It's like a historic positive-negative. When LeBron is off the court, they're like a negative 80 or a minus 80 or something like that, which is historically bad. So it's the injuries that's kept guys that are, were supposed to be part of the core out. But it's also number two. They get off to tragic starts, guys. I mean, they have started one of the worst first quarter stats in NBA history so far uh, over these first seven games. Uh, their pace is slow. They, they get beaten the first quarters by double digits, it feels like, every night. Uh, they're going to be playing the Suns, so it's not going to get easier. They do have Anthony Davis back. They do have Jackson Hayes back. But this team, like the Clippers, it just feels a little bit disjointed. The rotations, I don't know who's playing what role. Christian Wood has been good in his minutes, but Darvin Ham really doesn't play him as much as I think that he should. Uh, you know, they've been thin at the center position because of Jackson Hayes, so you had to play Anthony Davis more. Uh, there's just guys that are in spots that I don't really feel like are comfortable for them. Toreen Prince had a great start, but he's kind of fallen off a little bit. Austin Reeves still hasn't gotten it going. Um, you know, he had a few good games here and there against Miami, but it just seems like this offense, guys, is just they're, they're still trying to find the roles, which is crazy because they brought back largely the same starting lineup. They brought back Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, LeBron, and AD. The only new guy in that starting lineup is, you know, whoever it may be, Torian Prince or Christian Wood, whoever they decide. But it's not concerning yet because we said this around the same time last year, and eventually Rob Palenka made a bunch of moves and got everybody out and brought in a new team and figured out the rotations. They went on a run. So I'm kind of just banking on that for the Lakers because that's all I really have at this point. Everything else really hasn't been good. Even their defensive rating isn't up to par to where I think that they can be, guys. At Mona 48 Grant, we'll get you on soon. We appreciate some uh, Lakers and Clippers talk here on this Friday. Have a good weekend. All right, you guys too. Have a good one. At Sporting Trib, the Sporting Tribune, and uh, Grant is one of the outstanding writers there. They've got uh, a dude who is uh, covering the Rebels as well. Got some good video the other night. And NBA tonight coming up here in about uh, two hours and twenty minutes. Clippers at Dallas. Dallas is a one-point favorite at the book here at 
Treasure Island inside the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. And the Lakers take on Phoenix at 7, getting two points. All right, rapid fire here going towards the uh, halfway point of the show. We're down at 5 today at Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. The uh, UNLV football game is coming up here later on on ESPN Las Vegas. Mark, what's going on, buddy? Curtis Terry from uh, Running Rebel Country is with us as well. What's going on? What's going on, Terry? Man, the, pre- the Rebels wasn't running too much the other night. What's going man, on over come there? Come on, Mark, right out of the <laughs> gates, man. Couldn't even, I'm doing good. Thanks. How about you? Um, yeah, man, it wasn't. Uh, there was no running. Not for us. We got ran out of there. But hopefully, uh, I know they had two good days of practice. We'll bounce back tomorrow against, against Stetson. Mark, uh, what are you doing this afternoon? You're going to the game tonight? You're going to the football game at uh, Allegiant? Oh, Steve, man, you would think I wouldn't be this excited, man. Everybody know I played at Alabama, but I am so excited to in the game tonight uh, at Legion Stadium to see the run, and not the running Rebels, but the Rebels take on the Cowboys. I might run up and down the sideline with you tonight, but I'm fired up. Can make, sure, you? make sure you stretch first. Yeah, I was going to say, can you? Can you keep up with Jacob De Jesus on these returns? There is no way I can keep up with Jacob. Uh, I can keep up with the so that's Oh, let's try to get a better connection. I think uh, Mark's chopping in and out there a little bit. Um, yeah, De Jesus. We're going to talk about in the four o'clock hour. One of the stories of this team, Curtis, is what they've done with special teams, and it's kind of crazy because it seems like so many college football teams now are like, "Well, the return game doesn't matter much. They change the rules so much," and and then. Odom comes in and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to get the best special teams coach in the country. I think he is. I'm saying that was his attitude with James Shebest. I'm going to go get multiple return guys, and we are going to make differences, big differences on special teams. I mean, that's how you flip the field, right? I mean, that's, that's how you get good field position. Uh, so you don't have to have long, sustained drives to go down and score. I mean, if you can flip the field on, on a punt return, and, and Jacob De Jesus has been doing that all year. So if you can get that good field position, it just puts less stress on your offense. Um, and you have more chance to capitalize on it, and I think that's a big thing of what they've been doing this year. Because of what they did with returns, they had scoring drives last week against New Mexico that were 8 seconds, 11 yeah. seconds, and 8 seconds. That That's crazy. Mark McGrillen is back in with us. Mark? I'm here, man. Can you guys hear me? Yep, we got you. So you were talking about uh, special teams and Jacob De Jesus and, and the impact there by the Rebel football team. Yeah, all year long, you know, the special teams have playing really well. The team has been playing solid uh, the whole season, and I don't see anything different uh, that they're going to do today than uh, I, I see them winning big today. You know, uh, I, I really? really see that. I, I know Ricky White has been doing uh, really well. He's been coming on late, uh, you know, find, finding a great connection with that. The running game has been working really well. Um, like I said, man, this team is rolling on all cylinders, and they're locked in, and I, I know it's, it's, it's different for us to be like, man, you and be should win this game handily, but I really have a good feeling that they should win this game going away. All right, what's going on with uh, Alabama and the rest of the season? I feel like they're kind of sneaky, lurking. They're having, you know, they're. I'm not going to say they're having a bad season because they lost a game, but they're not traditional, you know, super-powered on offense. You, you must be pretty proud about some of the adjustments Saban has made to have this team in this position. Uh, this might be one of his best coaching uh, years, Steve. You, obviously, you know, coming in, you know, we had a three-quarterback rotation. All of a sudden, Otis Delroy, you know, he was taking in the beginning. Um, it's hard to replace Bryce Young. You know, the guy wants to be the first overall pick. Uh, but the defense has been carrying us all year, and they stepped up big time. But uh, this last game against LSU, 
Um, they were handling it, you know, pretty well in the first half. But Milrow, man, I don't know why his name is not in the high school conversation. When you can run for almost seven touchdowns in two games, uh, pass for over 300 yards, breaking records, uh, the player of the week in the SEC. So, man, Saban is doing an amazing job over there in uh, Tuscaloosa. Like I said, I'm not bragging too much. I'm just flying under the radar. But, you know, we still got to go to Kentucky, and we still got to play Auburn in Arkansas. Mark, earlier this morning on ESPN, Greg McElroy and Desmond Howard were talking about what's going on with the Michigan situation. And Desmond Howard said if this was Alabama, they would not be coming after him like this. Do you think that Nick Saban would be getting the same scrutiny as Jim Harbaugh if the shoe was on the other foot? Um, absolutely. You don't think they've been trying to get Nick Saban for the last couple of years? You know, when they were winning every year, you know, every other year they were winning national titles. Uh, every time a guy got arrested for drunk driving or, or anything, man, they were trying to crucify our program. So I don't like the way that every time something college football goes down with another school, they bring up Alabama. We have nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh. We have nothing to do with Michigan. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, the punishment that he had. If you're caught cheating, Steve, at DeMond, you're caught cheating. I, that's, that's, that's just the rule. <laughs> hey. Now, now, Mark, answer this for me, um, because we talked about this earlier in the show, but in terms of the impact that this is having on the student-athletes, I mean, you can speak to it, but being in that locker room, uh, being with yep. the guys, and you guys are having such a great season, and then you hear these type of rumblings going on, how much does it impact these guys day-to-day -day throughout the week in preparation for when they get to Saturdays? Um, you got, the, the, the crazy thing about it, he gets to practice you know, with the team five days a week, but he, as of now, you know, they're going to make a ruling, so he could be on the sideline tomorrow night. Uh, in Happy Valley, you know, when they take take on Penn State, but this team has been through so much already. They lost them what for the first three games. Now you lose them for the next three, possibly. That's six games. That is crazy. But uh, as a football team, as a player in the locker room, you rally behind that, man. I feel sorry for Penn State because they're going to come out. They're going to be angry. They're going to be pissed off, man. And this game makes it real ugly, and Michigan might pull this thing off. And then you know, just show everybody, like, man, we are the team to beat. Uh, we are the top team in the nation besides Jordan. Mark McMillan is with us up on Twitter at MarkMcMillan29. Uh, what did we see last week with the Raiders? Was that a, a one-game pop? They were just happy to be free from the, uh, I don't know, <laughs> the, the, the strict system of Josh McDaniels. Can this actually last that level of play? I, I like the way you say free uh, because, you know, obviously I go over there at least once or twice a week and just walking into the locker room and talking to the guys and just seeing the guys smiling. Uh, guys are more happy. Um, the vibe of the whole team, from the from the injury reserves uh, to the practice squad players, you know, it's more of a you know they're more, they're, they're gelling a lot more. And you saw it last week. See eight sacks and three uh, interceptions and, and a couple of forced fumbles. I know everybody said, well, that's against the Giants, but those guys get paid as well. So you know, if the Raiders lose that game, everybody's like, oh my God, it's terrible. But they really handled the Giants for 60 minutes, and it's, it's impressive to me. Uh, they played really well on the back end. Uh, I'm a big Amik Robbins uh, fan. I know earlier he got uh, beat on the double move that was overthrown, but he ended up coming back later in the game. At the DB, you got to have that short memory. He comes back with a big interception. So uh, I like what they're doing out there. Max Crosby is like, we could talk about him every day. He, just, he should be up for the defensive MVP right now. How much, as a former defensive back, how much would you salivate had an opportunity to play against Zach Wilson. Oh, my gosh, man. I, oh, my. I, I, I would sleep real good, Steve. You know, they'll probably have to wake me up, you know, uh, that Sunday morning because I'll be sleeping so good. But, 
he's going to throw some balls out there. They're going to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. It, it might be a low-scoring game because, uh, you know, they have a really good defense. I'm looking forward to the matchup with Devontae and Soft Gardner. You know, that'll be a really good matchup. But, uh, you know, with the young quarterback, Aiden's been able to do, spread the ball around. Even got Hunter Renfro involved in the game. The running game looks really good. But if I'm a Raider, I am licking my chops because I know I'm going to get an opportunity to get a pick off this gun. All right, we got to close on this. I saw the uh, the grill was working. You were, yeah. uh, you were cooking up some ribs. Uh, was yes. that sweet heat barbecue sauce, your brand of barbecue sauce? That is my brand of barbecue sauce that you can get online at grillamcmillan.com. It's also sold here in Vegas at Barbecue Concepts as well. So, man, the ribs came off really good. I wrapped them uh, like the last hour. I, I cooked them for like 225 for three hours, and then I wrapped it for the last 30 minutes in butcher paper, put the sauce on them. Oh, my goodness. It's money, baby. I might put a, I might put a rib in my pocket and bring it to the game. <laughs> yes. And bring two. Yes. Yes, please. Bring me one, too. <laughs> little little, uh, little tin foil, and let's get some. I'll, go, I'll, I'll eat some lukewarm uh, rib. Uh, come on, please. We can find somewhere to heat it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get it done. All right, Mark, I'll see you, and we'll see you out of the game in about uh, three, four hours, okay? All right, fellas. Uh, keep, going, keep up the good work, and, man, that go Rebels. I, I love that CT, like, kind of perked up there. Yeah, you perked mm-hmm. up when you heard about the food and the bar, yes. his own barbecue sauce. He's got a grill sponsor. I know. This is a whole business. This is, yeah, this is a real thing. And we, I'm just, we knew it was coming. I'm just curious. If, I mean, we're, we're less than two weeks away from Thanksgiving. I'm curious, he already has his menu put together. I'm sure he does. I'm, 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 we yeah, we have to start pressing everyone, write them on, on their menus, because we have so many chefs on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it, two weeks ago we were talking to Michael Felder, our college football insider, and he was super intense about making his first round of turkey stock. Oh. And he's like, i got to make three, three, two or three more batches. Wow. I'm like, what is going on here? I mean, for, for the ones that we do have on the show that are local, and like Mark and anybody else, we should have everybody come in like the day after Thanksgiving and bring in samples. We always have a little taste test or something. I agree. Like I agree. Or we have to get out there a few days before and try it out. Either way, I'm available. My schedule is open. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Fast and Furious here. We're uh, bringing in guests left and right, and we got a running Rebel game tomorrow, 4 o'clock at the Thomas & Mack, former Rebel. Curtis Terry is on the call of the game. He's the analyst. and It's Stetson, the Hatters. Donnie Jones is the uh, head coach of Stetson, and he gives us a couple minutes here on Cofield and Company. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, you got, a, you got, you got some pretty tough games here. You're coming into uh, Vegas, and then you go on to Houston. But first, uh, what's in front of you? Uh, to set that up, we'll look back. How was your first game? How was the opening game for you guys? Yeah, the opening game was good. You know, we uh, had a chance to open up at home. Uh, local, local team uh, in AI school uh, in our area there. And uh, so we had a chance to uh, get off to a good start there and had a chance to play a lot of guys, which was a good start for us. Uh, what did you like aside from getting to play a lot of guys? Uh, who did you like and what did you like in terms of the way you guys played? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I really like uh, you know, our guard play. You know, I think we got experience backcourt. Uh, two all-league performers uh, coming returning back. Um, you know, we get different sides than we've had here since I've been here. Uh, we started seventh the kid and a six eleven kid. Both both really skilled, played really well in the game. So just like the way we came out and really played unselfish and uh, shared the basketball. Now talk about your big specifically because I know uh, one is a transfer in from Minnesota. Your other big had came out of the gates at what ten points and fifteen rebounds. 
Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, the kid Trayton Thompson, uh, obviously the top 100 player in the country, coming out of high school, went to Minnesota, uh, and picked him up this uh, spring, uh, coming in, playing a different role for us and what he did for them, strictly a center, uh, more of a stretch four for us. Can play minutes at the center as well, but uh, just you know, getting settled into his new position uh, is has been good. And the other guy, uh, Big Alban, we call him six eleven, uh, a kid from Belgium, just kind of developed in our system. He's a junior this year, put on some weight, and now just you know, really just needs experience. Donnie Jones is with us, head coach of Stetson. Stetson taking on UNLV tomorrow at four o'clock. Um, I'm not going to call it a pipeline, but it is kind of unique to have two players from Belgium on the roster. Uh, talk about the other one because you bring back a lot of experience at point guard. Yeah, Stefan Swenson. I've been a starter here uh, th- starting his fourth year with me, senior this year. Um, you know, pass first guy, runs your team, uh, tough. Captain of our team, leader. Um, guys really respond to him, follow him. He's done a great job running our team. And then obviously, you know, all of them, both those guys, uh, you know, come from a a uh, very similar area. Uh, that's how I found out about Alban was through staff. So both those kids are phenomenal kids and uh, great to be around. What is your familiarity with the UNLV program and uh, in particular with Kevin Kruger and the Krugers? Yeah, well, a lot of respect for Kevin. Obviously, you know, in Lon for many years, I was an assistant in Florida uh, for uh, 11 years with Billy Donovan. Uh, came in after Lon there, took that team to the final four, did an amazing job at Florida. So, uh, you know, got a lot of respect for them. Uh, obviously, probably great teams in the past. Uh, I worked with a guy named Clee Edwards. He used to be an assistant with Tark back in the day in my early years at Marshall. So I've always been a, a great fan and respect to this program. And, and, Coach, obviously you guys are coming out west and, and going to play the Rebels uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, for your group at, at this point in the season, what is it you guys are trying to focus on with this game before you guys head on to play Houston? Yeah, you know what? We're just really trying to figure out our team. You know, we come up for a season at 35 years last year at Florida, I mean, at, uh, at Stetson. And uh, I thought we, you know, have uh, really built some chemistry. Uh, I think our culture's taken a big step, uh, just trying to turn around a program that hasn't won in, in 23 years uh, before we arrived. So, uh, you know, a lot of new pieces, uh, along with some, a veteran backcourt. Uh, we're just really trying to figure our identity out right now uh, by playing this tough schedule. What is DeLand, Florida, if I pronounce that correctly? And I've actually, I have some roots in Florida, but I don't, I don't know that area too well. And obviously the Rebels are going to be headed to uh, Daytona. But what is that city like? Yeah, DeLand's about a city of about 40,000. Uh, okay. Great community, small town, uh, 18 miles from Daytona Beach, 40 miles from Orlando. So a really neat little spot there. Great people. Um, that's the university town there in Stetson and uh, so it's, you know, we're called the Hatters uh, because of, uh, obviously, you named after Stetson. So uh, John B. Stetson, who uh, invented uh, is the famous John B. Stetson hat. So that's our that's our identity. Look at Kurt. Curtis. Is, uh, he just marked it down on his note sheet because yeah. uh, that's going right in the game notes, right? use that one tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Co- Coach, how's the golf out there in Deland? You guys got some good golf, I'm assuming? <laughs> uh, we do. Uh, anytime you're in Florida, you know, there's a lot of beaches, a lot of golf, for sure. So when you scouted the uh, runner Rebels, what have you seen, uh, maybe specifically on a couple of players? What are you seeing? You know, I see a ton of talent. Uh, I mean, obviously their first game, I, I know they had a tough loss against a team that played extremely well against them in Southern. Uh, but I see a lot of talented guys. Uh, obviously they got a young point guard that uh, could play anywhere in America. Uh, love his talent. Uh, I love the transfers they brought in. Uh, seen Isaiah Cockrell play a lot at West Virginia. 
So I uh, know he's one of the premier big guys in the country. So I, I think uh, you know their team is probably trying to figure their identity out, like most teams. A lot of new players, a lot of new faces from last year. And uh, obviously Kevin's a terrific coach and the staff. Got a lot of respect for him. Uh, I know this team's going to be uh, ready to play tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow afternoon. We appreciate a couple minutes this afternoon. Thank you so much. Well, no, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. Thank there you. he is, Donnie Jones, uh, former coach at Marshall, mm-hmm. at UCF. Yeah. Now at Stetson. I didn't. You know, it's funny. I did not put two and two together on that one. I guess it's kind of obvious. Yeah. Uh, I had, I'm being honest, I had no clue until John told me on well, Wednesday about the Hatters, night. right? He yeah. didn't know about the Hatters. No. Well, you might have one up on him. But he usually does his research. No, John so. did, told me. I had no idea. Oh, I know. John told you. Yeah. Well, he told you about the nickname was the Hatters. I don't, did he explain the Stetson angle? He said because of the, yeah, the Stetson hat. And I was like, oh, okay. Ah, I thought you had one on him. Oh, I, no, I just I was like, okay, I, I know, John. I had no idea what he was talking about. Coach explained it to me perfectly now. You really, with uh, Sandler, you really got a deep dive to get him. Yeah. Like, you really got to do research. You got to come up with some stuff that's underneath a rock on a different planet to be different. What if I just start making stuff up? He's going to fact check you. We can't do it on a live spot during the game. This is true. And I'm actually not doing sidelines tomorrow. It's JVT. No. Because JVT's going to have something good. He's going to have guys doing jumping jacks and all (laughs) that stuff. (laughs) He loved that one. He was very impressed. He he, he basically trumped every report I did the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Because that that one got jumped. That impressed him. Yeah. That was a good one. And it was, was well timed. I will. I'm going to do some hardcore research on the Stetson hat. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to come up with, but something. Just tip me off, and then we can just we'll get him. We'll get an angle on him. Yeah. <laughs> right. We we have him flanked. We got you from both sides. You're not going to get us on this one. How about the mention of uh, Ice? Yeah. Isaiah Cottrell, a, a big man who can play anywhere in the country. One you know, of the premier big guys in the country. That Jones. is what he said. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's funny when I. I talked to Isaiah today, and we'll play that interview in a little bit. And I look back on his playing days at West Virginia, and you know when he was healthy there, he actually did get pretty good minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he hasn't been healthy. Uh, I pointed out to him, and I'll point it out to this audience. I figured Isaiah Cottrell was going to be good for like 15, 20, maybe 25 minutes yeah. in a game, but they were short on big men, so he played 26. He hadn't played 26 minutes in a game. In 624 days. That's a long time. Because he's been hurt. Yeah. He's been hurt. Uh, So it was awesome to see him out there. And I thought he played pretty well. And, you know, I think his biggest challenge is going to be kind of moving on defense. Mm -hmm. He can block shots. We know he can shoot it. Um, And he's a – I don't know. I don't know. Is he he a a super effective post player or is he super effective at getting deep position and then getting whacked? Because he was good at that. And he got 12 free throw attempts. Yeah, no, I think I think Ice is – I mean, it's good to see him out on the court because last year, I mean, he played that, what, all of four seconds um, and, and got hurt after being hurt before, uh, previously before that early in the, in the offseason. So to see Ice out there and to come out and to make those first two three-pointers, uh, it just showed what he can do and what he's capable of being able to stretch the floor as a true pick-and-pop five. Uh, but the fact that his, his effectiveness, being able to get to the free-throw line, uh, changed the game defense because obviously, I mean, Ice is a big kid. He's got broad shoulders, very strong – the one thing that you mentioned in terms of being able to get around, I mean, his lateral mobility in terms of being able to guard the pick and roll. Now, that kind of got exposed the other day for the whole team, but that's going to be one place where he's going to be able to have to, to be able to contain, not get beaten, let the guard turn the corner. But at the same time, uh, if you can play him and play KB together, I mean, you've got a really big athletic front line that can really protect the rim but also create offensive opportunities on the other end. Is You know I've gone round and round 
and by the way, it's not really round around. Every once in a while, I ask Kevin about going with true big yeah. fours and fives, and he's always like, doesn't matter, right? right? Which I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, this does give him the opportunity if he wants to go double big because the in Caleb Boone, as you call him, KB, he's 6'9 and 215. Right. He's a guy who can cover the perimeter. You're not putting two, you know, like Stetson tomorrow night is going to walk a seven one guy who's got stretch elements and a 6'11 dude out there. Right. Um, this gives them the opportunity to play a lot bigger, and in this case, both players, if they need to go to the perimeter, I think can handle things defensively for UNLV. Yeah, and I think the real reason why what Kevin doesn't like to do, and I think most coaches don't like to do it, because if you have two traditional bigs that can't pick and pop or space the floor, it just it clogs up the lane. There's no driving lanes. There's no opportunities uh, to attack or spread the floor. So in this case, you can leave KB on the inside, put him in the dunker spot down low. Um, Ice can be your pick and pop guy, or you have KB can pick your pick and roll guy, and then Ice can lift and refit and fill on the backside. So I mean, it just opens up the game offensively. There's a lot that they can do. Um, and I think that's just going to give DJ Thomas even more ability to get in the lane, create, and then spray and kick to a shooter. So, again, the intrigue of what these guys can be now that KB's going to be back on the court after serving that one-game suspension, um, it's, just, it's excitement for me to see what they can really be, especially after that bad performance on Wednesday. That's Curtis Terry. He's here with us here at uh, Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. we got a run Rebel game tomorrow, 4 o'clock against Stetson at the TNM, and tonight football, 745 at Allegiant. We'll talk to Isaiah Cottrell on the way back, but in the meantime, let's do a giveaway. Three six four eleven hundred. Black Crows in town. Palms in the Pearl. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets. They're on sale already. It's an early February show. Check that. Two shows. Black Crows at the Palms. Tickets right now. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller seven three six four one one zero zero. Now back to Cofield and Company live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Had a chance today to. Uh, Get over to the Thomas and Mac. Big day or big weekend of uh, Lady Rebel basketball, Runner Rebel basketball, and also Rebel football. And sat down with uh, big man Isaiah Cottrell. He had a great, I'll call it a debut. He played a couple minutes in one game last year. But the former Bishop Gorman player and transfer in from West Virginia had a really good first game and uh, went behind the scenes a little bit to start the interview. You know he's really good pals with Jordan McCabe, who is now an assistant with West Virginia. They did a podcast together last year so i asked ice if he missed his buddy jordan yeah i know i miss i miss him he's having a he's having a great time over there uh big time job he just got so you know i'm proud of him uh you always think that he was going to be in basketball moving forward a coach yeah yeah i know i think i think i knew when i first met him you know he always talked about it always wanted to he always does his own you know other adventures and stuff like that throughout uh, his college career so I knew he was going to do something big. I should know this, but are you still doing some multimedia stuff? You still doing podcasts? Uh, not not as lately. Um, I might get back into it. You know, playing basketball again kind of you know takes president over all that. So all right. Well, as a radio guy, I'm going to follow up on that. Yeah. Uh, I know, right? All right. So tell me what the mood around the team has been, and then what practices have been like in the last day and a half. Uh, I say the next day after you know that loss, we we're kind of uh, you know it obviously shocked us. I think, um, and we were so much more laser focused on our principles because we were so out of it during that game, out of our principles, and we just we've been so locked in. And I think we're excited to get back into it and you know show who we really are. Can you take any pleasure in having you know personally a good game, or does it kind of get you know just all wrapped up in the loss and you just can't enjoy it that much? I'm, yeah, I couldn't really enjoy it. I mean, personally, I was proud of myself just being back out there and you know doing um, playing well, but it. At the end of the day, you know, it never really matters if you lose, you know, especially the way we lost. It was, it was rough. 
Well, to put in perspective, you know, how much you've had to struggle with injuries and, and being out, um, I was looking up the minutes. You played 26 minutes. You haven't played 26 minutes in a game in 624 days. Yeah. Back to a Texas game. Yeah. So physically, how does it? How did it feel during the game? Did you get gassed at all? And then especially after? Uh, it felt good. I mean, I think in the beginning, I was just like the little nerves and stuff like that. I think I was a little gassed, you know, playing seven minutes straight. But um, overall, I felt really good. I mean, my conditioning is really good. You know, we worked so hard in the off season in those four to six months that I was rehabbing with this with the surgery uh i just you know that was my emphasis to not get tired out there unlv big and stretch uh isaiah Cottrell is with us four o'clock game tomorrow against stetson here at the thomas and mac and get tickets at uh, unlvtickets.com and a very important day as well as anderson hunt uh you know one of the members of the greatest team in the history of college basketball is going to have his his jersey retired so first game one give me what you did well as a team no you oh me <laughs> Um, I think I just helped space the floor a lot and also, you know, I attacked the basket. Um, I knew that they were a smaller team and that was kind of my emphasis even days before we played them to just get in there, get fouled, uh, try to foul guys out. And that was, that was what I did. What did you not do well? Um, I say, I'd say there's times I probably could have, uh, got more offensive rebounds. Um, it was, it was it was a tough game. It was a weird. It was a weird. The way our shots were, it was weird. You know, long shots weren't making any shots. So, I think that was probably the biggest thing I could have uh, attacked the basket more. I know you've been coached up on this, but as a group, uh, the bigs, did you guys talk about pick and roll defense? Because there were times it was acceptable, and other times just not that good. Yeah, yeah. It, it was honestly, uh, it was our backside rotation that was messed up most of the game. Because um, a lot of times on the top, we did well. It was that backside guy because we had to stop the ball. The ball is the most important thing. So the backside guy, we didn't really emphasize that. Um, and that's what we were focused on the whole time in practice the last two days. Yeah, I thought you did a pretty good job in that middle ground, which is yeah. a big responsibility for the big. So I don't know what you saw on film. But um, yeah. well, let's talk about Stetson a little bit and the scout. They have an experienced point guard. Yep. They got some bigs. It looks like they may get a lot of minutes for uh, their 6'11 uh, Belgian kid. They actually have two Belgian players yep. on the team. Their 6'11 Belgian kid had 10 and 15. They brought a seven-footer, uh, had a bunch of minutes. He played at Minnesota. Yep. So this is a good challenge here. You got, you know, legit 6'11, 7'1 bigs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be de- it's definitely going to be different for us. It's a completely different team than who we just played. Uh, they're a lot more experienced. I know that they're a lot better than that team that we just played. So... It's going to be a big test, especially for our four-man and our and our three-man when it comes to that rotation. Uh, but we just got to play big. We just got to play fast like we always are and stay solid. And fans don't want to hear excuses uh, after a game like that, but I was doing TV, the, the analyst role, and I pointed out a couple times. You guys are missing some – in that first game, you were missing some key interior defenders and versatile guys. Yeah. Um, I think Shane Noel can cover all five positions, so he's got yeah. some value. He'll okay. be back eventually. But talk uh, to the the fans out there about what Caleb Boone brings from a defensive standpoint. I think he, you know, he probably would have helped in terms of rim protection and coverage on that pick and roll. Yeah, one thousand percent. I mean, he's he's the only guy that I've gone against in my college career that I think I I'm not used to getting blocked, you know. And, and he's one of those guys that that is really good at timing, you know, hook shots and things like that that shouldn't be blocked. Um, but he's quick. He's quick on his feet on the pick and roll coverage, and he's an experienced guy. I mean, he's played. At Oklahoma for four years, and uh, you know he, he 
he knows the paint like nothing else. So. He looks like the kind of guy who can get a crowd charge as well. I've watched a bunch of practices where, you know, you see the ball kind of disappear in the body. He's in the lane, and then all of a sudden, oof, he goes up and rams right. it home. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely a big-time uh, dump-off guy, too. He knows how to time it. He knows how to, he knows the spacing. Um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, especially us playing together again and things like that. There you go. Big man finally playing for the Rebels' hometown hero in Isaiah Cottrell. And I am very much looking forward to seeing Caleb Boone. I want to see Keelan. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with that in terms of his eligibility. But Caleb's impact could be really good. And I'm telling you, the impact of someone in traffic, and I think Whaley can do the same thing, but the impact of someone in traffic being able to freaking throw down a jam does fire up a crowd, and it also can be a little demoralizing for a second on the opposition. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't think there was a dunk on Wednesday night, was there? I, mean, I, I, I know Southern had a couple. Yeah, he had a few. One, one of the big men walked by me in the tunnel. He's like, oh, man, I only had two dunks tonight. And I was like, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you won by, won by 15. Uh-huh. No, yeah, it's, it's a big thing. I mean, obviously we saw that last year. I mean, if you can get a dunk, you get a put back. I mean, it's just going to bring some excitement to the crowd, especially when you have a good crowd. Uh, but, I, again, Caleb Boone's going to be out there. It's going to change what they can do on the floor. Obviously, we saw what Ice can be able to do, the pick and pop. But now you're going to have a pick and roll guy to the rim where you can throw it to Caleb. Um, throw it back outside the ice. But, again, I think their offense is going to grow so much more. And I think who it's really going to help is going to be DJ Thomas. I think I think he's going to be able to have the, a more open floor, have another guy to be able to set a pick maybe in transition, still got a guy running to the rim. Um, but, again, I, I think they're all going to play much better. Ice obviously had the best game of the group. Uh, but now they, they've got to build on it. It sounds like he said they, they've been working and focusing on a lot of things the last two days so that way they don't have another performance like that again come Saturday. Uh, we talked a little NBA to start the hour. Lakers tonight against Phoenix. What do you think? Phoenix. Big? Uh, I went to the Phoenix Suns home open against the Utah Jazz about a week and a half ago or whatever it was. Um, And they didn't have Devin Booker. (laughs) No Bradley Beal. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. But I just, I don't believe in this Laker team right now. Um, As good as Anthony Davis is and LeBron, as great as LeBron is, uh, I just don't think they have the pieces around him. Uh, And like you said earlier, I mean, when, when C. Wood out there, when Christian Wood is out there in play, he's effective, but he's just not getting a lot of minutes. Um, and so I think they just, they don't know who they are yet. Uh, and I think, and I think other Lakers fans, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong if you guys don't think this, but I think they're going to have to make a move. Either you've got to move off D'Angelo Russell to go get some other pieces. You've got to find something else that's going to give you something different. Obviously, you have injuries right now. Jared Vanderbilt's not out there, but you've got to find something that's going to give LeBron a, a, a rest and a break and have someone else that can create some opportunities. Austin Reeves is great. He had a great... Uh, first couple of seasons got got the big payday, but you don't have another playmaker on the court to take some of that pressure off LeBron. It's always LeBron's got to do something, um, or someone else has to have a great night. Somebody else has to be able to create for them. Matt West Conference tonight and this weekend. Well, first of all, let's go back to last night. New Mexico and St. Mary's played. It's one of five games St. Mary's will play against Mountain West Conference teams. It's hard to believe, right? They handled New Mexico pretty easy. Now, I don't know the reason, and I didn't get to look into it. But Jalen House was out last night. I don't know if it was injury-related or discipline. So I probably shouldn't build on this, but my concern with New Mexico is the temperament of the guards. Like a little hot-headed? Both Jalen House and Mashburn. And Mashburn cost them last year because, you remember, he got a tech. I think he was bumping with Webster. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got a really good third guard in Donovan Dent. Uh, They've got... 
I think, good big man and a transfer over from Iona. They took another guy from Dayton. Where are you on New Mexico? And, again, it's it's one game. They wound right. up losing 72-58. And St. Mary's is really good, like to the point where West Coast Conference media actually picked St. Mary's to win the conference over and, Gonzaga. Uh-huh. And that doesn't happen often. No. Ever. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about New Mexico. Um, obviously, um, when House and Mastburn are on, those guys are two of the best. They're the best, probably one of the best backcourts in the country. They can fill it up. Um, I worry about them defensively. I think they both are undersized. I think uh, Jalen House can get out in, in, in passing lanes and get deflections and steals. Um, I worry about them from a defensive standpoint. Um, but, again, if those guards aren't having great games or have lulls, I don't think they've got the firepower and the personnel to be able to get it done. Um, and so I think, again, especially in college basketball, I said this the other night on, on, the, on the broadcast for the game, you've got to have great point guard play. You've got to have leadership and experience. And if your point guard's not there or always checked in, um, you're going to struggle. Leadership and experience, you've got to have those things. But you, you can have leadership, you can have experience, but they don't always go necessarily hand-in-hand. Hand. And I think that's one thing like with UNLV. They've got to find who's that leader on the court to rally your troops or basically to call people on their you-know-what when they're not doing their jobs. And I think those are the key things that really help teams be successful. But I think Rick Pertino's going to make sure he has that with his group specifically in New Mexico. Last uh, 30 seconds this hour. Uh, big game tonight for San Diego State on the road. BYU, they're getting two and a half. Yeah, man, it's just so early in the season right now. I mean, yep. uh, it's, it's, and we it's don't tough know. To, I, I tough haven't seen an injury report. I'm sorry to cut you off, but on uh, Darian Trammell, he's kind of a big factor. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in the first game, but uh, J. Don Ladee had 27 and 10, so he's the uh, he's a mountain of muscle. And he didn't even play a lot last year. When he gets to get going and have a yeah. lot of touches, boy, oh boy, is he going to be tough to stop. All right, Curtis, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Let's go. Where are the nachos? We want to dig into some nachos. Yeah, eat before we get to the stadium. Great menu here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Stick around. we got another hour on the way as we go uh, heavy football, UNLV, college football, and National Football League.